from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 to 12. Now, after Jesus was born in Bethlehem of Judea in the days of Herod the king, behold, wise men from the east came to Jerusalem, saying, Where is he who has been born king of the Jews? For we saw his star when it rose and have come to worship him. When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled and all Jerusalem with him. And assembling all the chief priests and scribes of the people, he inquired of them where the Christ was to be born. They told him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for so it is written by the prophet, And you, O Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, are by no means least among the rulers of Judah. For from you shall come a ruler who will shepherd my people Israel. Then Herod summoned the wise men secretly and ascertained from them what time the star had appeared. And he sent them to Bethlehem, saying, Go and search diligently for the child, and when you have found him, bring me word that I too may come and worship him. After listening to the king, they went on their way. And behold, the star that they had seen when it rose went before them until it came to rest up over the place where the child was. When they saw the star, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. And going into the house, they saw the child with Mary, his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Then, opening their treasures, they offered him gifts, gold and frankincense and myrrh. And being warned in a dream not to, remain, to return to Herod, they returned to their own country by another way. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, John. Well, why would these men from the east travel so far? Could have been up to 800 miles, may have taken them uh, up to 40 days. Uh, that's a long time to be hearing that question over and over again. Are we there yet? It's a long journey. Why would they travel so far to worship a child they have never met? We might ask a similar question of ourselves. Why would you come to church ever? let alone on this day, for the same person, purpose, to worship one you have never seen. That word worship, it means to uh, ascribe worth to someone or something. Uh, often we will praise that thing or that person with our lips. We might serve it with our lives. To worship someone or something is to have that make a difference and what we do. And there truly is only one who is worthy of your worship. And that's why we're here this morning. It is the God who made you, the God who loves you, and the God who gave himself for you and the person of his son, Jesus Christ. This God who took on flesh and came as a lowly infant. It's this child that these men traveled so far to see. 
So this same Jesus that we have been hearing about and reading about and singing about, he is worthy of your worship today. And I pray that we will see that once again. It's our aim to see that every Sunday as we gather for worship. But I, I pray and hope that we'll see it once again this morning as we just pause and take a moment to consider who this Jesus is and why he came. So that though you have not seen him, you love him. Amen? And I think this will help us understand why these men traveled so far to find this child to come and worship a child they have never met. So let's begin just by looking at who Jesus is. And I want to just reiterate, repeat some of the things that you've already heard this morning. And these lessons, these passages that have been read, that have been read to God's people for the last 2,000 years plus. Think about that. That these words have been have brought truth and hope to God's people throughout all of history. So who is Jesus? He is the promised one who would bruise the serpent's head. He is the one that was sent by God the Father to destroy sin and death and the devil, to restore peace between a holy God and sinful mankind. This Jesus, this child, is indeed the offspring of Abraham through whom all the world would be blessed. And in this scene in Matthew chapter 2, we have a wonderful picture of that as these men come from the east to worship him. People from all nations are gathering. Jesus is the one who was born of the Virgin Mary through the power of the Holy Spirit so that he could indeed be called the Son of the Most High. He is... Emmanuel. And think about what that name means. This is God with us. In Matthew chapter 2, the passage that John just read for us, Jesus is shown to be the king of the Jews. He would shepherd God's people. He is the Christ, the Messiah, the Lord, the Savior, the beloved Son of the living God. And this child... This Jesus is the one through whom God made the world. And so he is the giver and sustainer of life. It is because of him and only because of him that you are alive this day. That you live and breathe and have your being. And Jesus is the only one, the only one who can forgive your sins and take away your guilt and your shame. Do you have guilt and shame? What will you do with that? Only Jesus can take it away. Jesus is the heir of all things. This means that every created being, every created thing, including you and me, we belong to him. So why did this great God and king, the, the king of kings and the Lord of lords, the creator and master of the universe, the heir of all things, the Lord of glory, why did he humble himself and come to earth as a tiny, helpless baby? We remember who he is. Now remember why he came. God did not send his son into the world to, con to condemn the world, to judge the world, but in order that the world might be saved through him. 
Jesus came so that you today could have life and have it abundantly, so that you might live through him. He came as a light so that you would not stay in darkness, but you could have the light of life. He came so that you wouldn't live a lie, but that you would walk in the truth. He came not to call the righteous, but sinners. He came not to be served, but to serve, to give his life as a ransom for you. The Bible sums up the essence of why Christ came in 1 Timothy chapter 2 when it says Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners. So Jesus came to pay the penalty for our sin, to restore peace between the holy, mighty God who is worthy of all our worship, but we did not give him the worship that he deserved. And so Jesus came to make that right. Nails spear would pierce him through the cross be born for me for you what child is this this is no ordinary child this child is god himself in the flesh and the very reason that jesus took a body of human flesh was so that when he died on the cross he could bear in that body the sins of the world Your sins, your guilt, your shame, your sorrow placed on his shoulders, on his body. Beloved, this is why he came. He was born to die and to rise again so that you could have your sins forgiven, removed, taken away so the barrier could be removed and we could walk with our Lord and God once again, we could have fellowship with this wonderful God and we could worship him and live forever. And so we have come to worship him. Where else would we rather be but with him? And we've come to worship him not simply because he was born. Yes, we remember his birth. It gives us cause to rejoice and to celebrate that God came for us. But we come not simply because he was born, but because of who he was and who he is, because of what he did and what he will do. Because through this one alone, all our sin and guilt can be taken away. Because through this one alone, all our shame can be removed. All our sorrow can be healed. All that is wrong with the world can be made right because this one alone is God in the flesh Veiled in flesh, the Godhead see. Hail the incarnate deity. So we must ask ourselves this morning, have we come to worship him? Have we come to worship him? You know, not everyone responds to the glory of Jesus with repentance and faith and worship. Herod did not. Herod responded with hostility. Why? Herod did not want to worship Jesus essentially because he wanted to worship himself. He wanted to live for himself. He wanted the power and the glory and the crown for himself. Is that you this morning? Do you exalt yourself above Jesus? Do you live for yourself instead of for Jesus? Herod said, I want to worship Jesus. But he was a liar. He was motivated by self-interest. He wanted to keep his own throne secure. 
Herod did not worship Jesus. He rejected Jesus because he wanted to remain king. Like most of us, Herod wanted to be in charge of his own life. He wanted to do as he pleased. He wanted to have life revolve around him. But Herod had no right to that throne. He had no right to the throne he was on. He was an Edomite. He was not a Jew. He had no legitimate claim to be king. And so, not only spiritually in his heart, but actually, literally, he was a usurper to the throne on which he sat. And if we respond to the glory of Jesus like Herod did, then so are we. You have no right to reign in your life, to live for yourself, to do as you please, to act as if you are your own king, as if your life belongs to you because you are not your own. You belong to Jesus. You have a creator. Friend, when you respond like Herod to the glory of Jesus with either hostility or rejection, that is a tragic response. And there is only one way that that response can end. Unless God in his mercy intervenes. And that one way is in destruction and misery and in the end eternal death. This is what it looked like for Herod. He killed his own wife, his three sons, and all the boys in that area who were two years old or younger. Because he wanted to eliminate any threat to his throne. He was doing everything he could to hold on to a lie. And if you fail to worship Jesus as your God and your king and your savior. That's the kind of life you will live. It might not go to that extreme. But that same heart of conflict and turmoil and lack of peace will rule your life. Because you will be worshiping an idol that promises life but ends in death. Herod did not worship Jesus. But he wasn't the only one in this passage. It appears to me that the chief priests and the teachers of the law, the very ones who were to tell the people about the coming of this Savior, also failed to see the true worth of this child. And they responded with indifference or apathy. Herod asked them, where is Jesus to be born in verse 4? And they told him. And then what? They disappear from the scene. It's as if they just go back to business as usual. And I think that their silence, their inactivity is overwhelming in view of the magnitude of what is happening here. Verse 3 says, all Jerusalem was troubled. Everyone is talking about what's happening. About this child. Was this child the one that God had promised would come to rescue them? Is this indeed the Messiah that they have all been waiting so long for? But these priests and these teachers of the law do not go to worship him. Why? It seems they had no interest. They had no desire. Perhaps, like many, they did not see their need for Jesus. Perhaps, like many, they thought they were good enough on their own. Surely, the God in heaven will look upon us and see all that we do in his name and for him that he will welcome us into his kingdom. Certainly, we do not need a savior to die for our sins. 
I wonder if you believe that lie yourself today. These men did not worship Jesus because they didn't think they needed him. Many today think that Jesus is a good person, a good example, but not God. Not essential to their lives. Other people, other things, other ways are far more important. So, beloved, let me remind you, or friend, let me tell you for the first time today of your need for this child, for Jesus. You cannot live without him. You cannot live apart from him. There is no one more important or more significant in your life. Jesus is the one and only true God, and there is no one more deserving of your gratitude and your love and your worship this morning. Have you come to worship Jesus? Well, the wise men from the east traveled far. And the text tells us that they bowed down and worshiped him. But what does it mean to worship Jesus? What does it look like? We can see a few things in this passage. First of all, they ascribed authority to Jesus. They hailed him as king of the Jews. And that certainly was true. But not only was Jesus king of the Jews, he was their king. And he is your king today. And he has the right to command your life. And so to worship Jesus is to acknowledge that to be true. It's to acknowledge that Jesus is the one with the right to reign in your life. And it is to submit to his authority in your life. To put it simply, to worship Jesus is to obey him. It is to obey him. But they also ascribed worth to Jesus. We're told that they bowed down. They fell to the ground in humility. And in this act, this physical act of humility, they bore witness to the truth of who Jesus was. He was high and exalted. He was not simply a mere child. You don't just bow down and worship before an ordinary human child. You do that before God who became man. In an act of humility, It's what you do to say to someone, you are worthy of my life. You are the treasure that I seek. It's what you do when you realize that Jesus is indeed the holy God, your creator, and you are the sinful creature. We worship Jesus by acknowledging that he indeed is God and we are not. He is the creator and we are his creation. He is holy and we are sinful. We answer to him. He does not answer to us and yet though he does not answer to us he came for us do you see the wonder of that this morning may today be a wonderful day to reflect on the wonders of his love this holy God does not answer to us and yet he came for us to save us to make us his own see here's what's amazing Jesus has the right to command our worship simply because of who he is. He has that right. Every person everywhere is obligated. We have a duty to worship this God because of who he is, and that's it. But he does more than that. He compels our worship by what he does. Because he came. And beloved, if you are not compelled to worship Jesus this morning, if you haven't come to worship him, I want to urge you to consider the lengths that he went to to make you his own, 
so that you today could know his love. And there are two simple ways you can do that today. Look down to the manger and look up to the cross. Look down to the manger and what do you see? You see a most amazing sight, an incredible miracle that the holy God, the creator of all the earth, humbled himself and took on flesh to make his glory known so that you could know him. Look down to the major and see his humility and look up to the cross and what do you see? That this holy God not only came in flesh to make himself known, but there he is on the cross bearing in his own body your sin, the weight of your sin. He is dying in your place. That's a display of his great love for you. Because that is the only way that you could be redeemed and rescued from your sin and your guilt and your idol worship and be brought into fellowship with this one true God and fulfill the purpose for which you have been created. And when you do that, when you take time to stop and think about that, it is more important than anything, any gift you'll get today. This far exceeds it in worth and value. So take a moment to consider the manger and the cross. And when you do that, may God enable you to worship him with joy. That's what they did in verse 10. When they found the Christ, the Messiah, they rejoiced exceedingly with great joy. You see, true worship is not simply to ascribe authority to Jesus or to ascribe worth to Jesus. The worship of the child of God is a response of joy and love and gratitude. It is to delight in and to love this one who is worthy of our worship. So we have come to worship Jesus. Why? Because God in his mercy and his grace has opened our eyes so that we can see the beauty and the glory and the love of our Savior Jesus. We love him. Why? Because he first loved us. And we want to worship him. We want to worship him. Have you come to worship Jesus this morning? See, the point of this day, the point of Christmas, is not that we have a holiday to celebrate. It's not that we have gifts to give or to receive. The point of Christmas is that the almighty, holy God, the creator of all things, the judge of all the earth, the King of kings and Lord of lords, this one true God humbled himself and was born as a baby. He lived a perfect life. He died a sacrificial death. He rose again in victory so that you today can have all your sins forgiven and have peace with God and so you can know his love and the sure hope of living with this risen Savior in his eternal kingdom forever. Why come to church ever? Why come to church on this day? Because Jesus lives and he reigns and he is your God and your king and your savior. And this is why we worship him every day because of who he is and what he has done because he alone is worthy. May we all worship him with joy today, amen.